again, fellow travellers, and welcome to podcast 151 in our series, You Should Have Been There, with me, Mick Webb, and me, Simon Calder. And that wasn't a spaceship taking off, it was actually a Eurostar (laughs) train heading for Brussels, because today we're back at London St Pancras International, the UK's most exotic railway station and starting point for many an adventure on Eurostar to Paris, Amsterdam, Brussels and beyond. And on this uh, Easter Saturday morning when we're recording this, it is incredibly busy. Um, And today we're talking about um, planning a trip, but uh, with a very particular focus. I'll be discussing my extremely careful, meticulous planning for a trip to Asturias in northern Spain um, and comparing it with uh, what I believe was your completely unplanned Good Friday adventure to France. Serious forethought versus serendipity, which is better. We'll also be discussing what's a very thorny topic in the realm of planning a trip, flight connections. How long should you allow between your arrival at an aviation hub and your departure? What could possibly go wrong? And also we'll be hearing about the joys of making the most of a layover. During a four-hour airport layover in Copenhagen when travelling between the UK and Tromso, Just two wonderful hours, I'm back at the airport with 90 minutes to go until my next flight. What did we call it before the word layover appeared? I'm sure it's quite a recent um, addition to the uh, Anglo-American dictionary. Anyway, let's begin with your epic Good Friday expedition. This all began at 9am on Good Friday, actually a couple of minutes after that, because um, I was on the Flixbus departure from London to Brussels and onwards to Cologne. Uh, there are alternatives to Eurostar and they are very much cheaper. Um, the reason it was a couple of minutes late was because, unbelievably, at London uh, Victoria Coach Station, uh, one of the passengers suddenly discovered that this bus wasn't going to Liverpool. So there was a big (laughs) kerfuffle while he uh, uh, sorted out his luggage and found the right bus. And that's the great joy of it. I mean, how long do you arrive at an airport before your flight anyway? Two hours often. Um, They send you a little note saying it would be helpful if you could get to... uh, uh, Victoria Coach Station at least five minutes before your international trip. Of course, no security searches or anything. Absolute bliss. So the reason I was doing this was because the previous Friday we had seen absolute chaos at Dover. Tens of thousands of people gradually over the weekend found they were spending many, many hours there because they were on coaches. And it looked pretty grim. The port of Dover was warning, bring foods, drinks and entertainment for your journey. Um, which was easier said than done because Precht at uh, Victoria Coast Station had been pretty much cleared out of supplies. You didn't think of a more down-market sandwich supplier? Uh, th- well, that, that's very, very good. There, I think there, there was a Greg's, but um, <laughs> yeah, more, more on the um, in-flight uh, snacks later. Fantastic driver named Hussein. Absolutely, he was the chief of his bus. Only I have great problem. I don't like that in the bus. I don't like it. Um, somebody round about the Medway Bridge area uh, uh, had opened the most intense weapons grade garlic smelling snack Um, I've had some correspondence about this since Ah. and it turns out this is called a bus buster and you are guaranteed an empty seat next to you if you take out this snack and open it it, Does it include tuna as well because actually that is the thing that most um, 
puts me off a fellow passenger of any kind. Uh, uh, yeah, tuna and cucumber sandwiches, who, who couldn't do that? And of course, some um, hot food is, uh, has particularly exquisite awfulness as well. <laughs> Burger and chips in so any this is, setting. This bus buster, so I'm intrigued. Yeah. So apart uh, from the garlic, do you know what else was in uh, No, it? it was like last night's chicken Kiev, um, but, but it was extraordinary. Anyway... Um, <laughs> Uh, off we, we carried on. We got to the outskirts of Dover. There was a police checkpoint. They waved us off towards the suburbs of Dover, and I thought, oh, we're going to be here for days. There's and a kind of security announcement, which is quite loud. It's not to do with us, is it? I know I, you've had trouble here before. <laughs> uh, I don't think so, um, but uh, if you do see anything, say it, and then we'll sort it. We'll sort it, yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry, you were saying that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so, so it all looked pretty grim, and I'd, I'd, I'd you know, thought okay well by by this stage the uh, queue for the very clean um on board loo was extending but then suddenly um uh, we were in a line of a dozen coaches and we were all suddenly whisked into the uh, port area past all the trucks past all the um cars and the french police of frontier were there en masse they'd obviously cancelled all their easter leave and they just got us all through it was a masterpiece of uh, uh, of post-brexit planning we're all through in eight minutes we got on the boat wow. the same who had already been dishing out water and kit kats came around and gave us all a meal voucher hola amigo en el barco en la comida hola for you hola for you mini what is this one free meal. Two, one, two, three, four, five. Three, five. Thank you. Yes. You can, el barco, la comida, barato. No pajar. No. That's Gratuit. very kind. Thank you very much, Hussein. No problem. I need to help the passenger. Huh? It's free. Eh? It's free. You can free anything. Now, this is where we get onto the planning bit. My ticket said I was going to Brussels because it was the only way I could get on a coach that was going to continental Europe via Dover. So I had to buy a ticket somewhere. You absolutely cannot these days just say, I'm a foot passenger, I'm going to hop off at uh, Calais. It just doesn't happen. Ah. I'd made the, taken the precaution of bringing a folding bike, um, which was sitting in the hold where Hussein had stacked it. Um, <laughs> Anyway, the trouble is, the rules on cycling are so complicated that you cannot just suddenly say, oh, I'm now a bicycle passenger and I'll just cycle off. It's more complicated than that. But as luck would have it, I met a fellow cyclist, the only other cyclist on the ship, and he started talking. And I said, well, you've actually got a a, a bike on here? He said, yep. And I've been, done this before. His parents live very close to Calais, and so he cycles off. So I said, can I, can I adopt you? Can I follow you? So I then went to see Hussein, who said, under no circumstances can anybody ever get off this international bus on the ferry. And you know, I, can't, I can't do that. So I said, no, it would be really helpful if you could. And he said, oh, all right then. So I was, you know, the, 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 um, uh, the bus was one passenger down. I... He got my bike out of the hole. I put it. I, I, I unfolded it. So the other guy wasn't on the bus. He was. Uh, no, the other he, guy was a proper cyclist who just cycled on yeah. the Dover and uh, was prepared to cycle off. So, um, I uh, got my bike out, and then a, a deckhand comes along and says, "Excuse me, um, you weren't here um, 
when Dover, where did you come from? Because yeah, we we know we have one bicycle on board. Now we've got two. Where have you been hiding? So I said, oh, Monsieur, I said in uh, Histoire Longue. <laughs> and since they were trying to get all the trucks off, he, he just waved me away. <laughs> so you are kept till last, and then you go down the ramp where there is a security detail waiting for you with a flashing light. And they guide you through all these juggernauts and cars and barriers and gates and everything and basically deposit you on the edge of Calais and that's it. And then you are left to fend for yourself, but you're out of the port. So extraordinary times. What an amazing story. And I think you have um, contributed another vital phrase to my... uh, Travellers' essential phrases in other languages, which is, it's a long story. <laughs> so, in various languages, when challenged um, by um, authorities, you just say, Monsieur, if it's French, say, une histoire longue, and then something. <laughs> what would it be in Spanish then? Probably un cuento muy largo. But the idea is that the hard pressed official then immediately uh, um, ushers you on your way with no further delays. Uh, yes, and of course, we would love to hear your very useful phrases for um, dealing with officialdom in any guise. If you've got a particular saying that um, uh, seems to work, please let us know. You can tweet us at you should have BT or leave us an audio message with the actual phrase in your own voice. Just go to um, anchor.fm forward slash you should have been there and follow the instructions. So, um, so what happened after you cycled through the ferry pool? Did you just turn around and come back? or? Well, of course, unlike you with your meticulous planning, Mick, I had no idea where I was going to end up. If it had been anything like the previous Friday, I would still have been in Dover 24 hours later. Um, I might have ended up in Brussels were it not for the extraordinarily good offices of Hussein and the deckhands and uh, my very, very friendly cyclist. Um, so uh, we cycled together as far as the oh. Café de Lovercraft, no. which, if you do not know it, in central uh, uh, Calais is the most spectacular place, founded in 1966, and it's outlived the Overcraft, <laughs> or the, uh, I think we have to say, Aeroglisseur. Aeroglisseur, uh, yeah. yeah um, and uh, it, it's... Uh, its speciality is Welsh rabbit in many, many different does it, forms. Does it, does it hover? <laughs> <laughs> no, it stays where it is. It's, uh, but, it, but it's a, a lovely place uh, opposite the uh, Jardin Richelieu, so strongly to be recommended. So I um, gathered my thoughts there. But then, because I needed also, from the point of view of finding out how things were coming back from Calais, I needed to book myself then as a cyclist to come back. And my goodness, you cycle almost to the Belgian border um, in, before turning around and coming back through the port and then at Dover similarly you have this incredible labyrinth before you're able to uh, get where you need to be but I had no idea about that I ended up spending really quite a lot of money it cost about 40 quid to, to get back just that 20 miles um, and Nick, you, because I know that you have you have many, many trips that you have had to plan in great detail um, tell us about your forthcoming trip in order to answer your question, I'm going to um, produce, uh, in evidence, Malod, um, this document, which is my forthcoming trip to Asturias. And look, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to give you some highlights from this. Asturias, April the 11th to the 27th, 2023. Um, so the e-ticket, um, Ryanair Voiling, uh, paid with Visa first, and then Halifax car check-in on the 11th of 
April, that's the Monday. Checklist of rail cars, EHIC, passports, uh, travel insurance, Euros, Visa cards, um, booking.com contacts, phones, plugs, maps, everything. The train that you're going to catch to Stansted, the uh, bus you're going to get from, I'm going to guess, uh, Asturias Airport, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is which is an interesting place. The, the, the card you paid for, the fact that you printed out the tickets, it goes on. Um, the room that you booked, free cancellation until the 10th, that's at the Forum Marriott. Come on. That's quite soon, isn't it? It, it is. And uh, <laughs> look, it's uh, you pay there and it's £82.50, which sounds to me like quite a bargain. And all I think it's €82.50, through... isn't it? Well, oh. uh, no, €82.50, yeah, yeah, even better, even better. Um, and uh, you've even got where the supermarket is um, at one of the locations along the way. Just turning this over, uh, you know, oh, there's a couple of TBAs here, so um, things obviously go a little bit wrong, but you've penciled in some ideas. But uh, can this is great. Yeah, well, I mean, the reason for this... Um, excessive planning even even by my standards is that I am going with my uh, dear partner Steph and um, we are actually um, going our separate ways in Oviedo she is going to do um, an immersive Spanish class for a week and I am going to walk um, the Camino Inglés which is I suppose you could call it the cheapskates version of the Camino de Santiago which takes you from the port of Ferrol on the northern coast, which is where the British pilgrims used to turn up, um, and therefore the Camino that they walked to get to uh, Santiago de Compostela was from there, which is um, at its very least a serious uh, five-day trek, and um, I'm going to try and do it in, um, in in five days. And quite a lot of these um, meticulously planned um, hotels and restaurants and things are because um, some of the days are incredibly long even by our standards of walking too far at our age Um, and uh, I didn't want to end up having to stay in some I've got to say dreadful um, hostel because I can't stand um, communal sleeping I never get any sleep so um, I actually booked a number of um, small um, hotels and hostels and various things like that, um, which of course I had to do in advance because uh, they're not that big and uh, if a few pilgrims get there before you then um, you are basically stuffed and have to fall back on a, on the, uh, the bottom bunk of um, the 50 bed dormitory, so, um, so that's really why, uh, why all the uh, planning. Well, like our lovely listeners, I cannot wait to hear the extent to which your meticulous planning and reality (laughs) coincide and where they uh, start to differ. Of course, for many long-distance trips, a flight connection is necessary and there's often a choice between a short or a long transfer. And I'm raising this, Mick, because this week Singapore Airport has brought back its free city tour for anyone with a transit stop of five and a half hours or more. And this is a wonderful thing. I've tried it. So you arrange, or maybe it's just the only flights that are available, to have your long stopover in Singapore. And they say, oh, you don't just want to go shopping or having a look at the, uh, taking advantage of the swimming pool on the roof. You could actually be um, uh, taking a city tour. They 
take you through passport control, they put you on a bus, they take you around, they tell you all about Singapore. And the idea is, first of all, it fills the time, but also they think, aha, next time um, he or she will come back to Singapore and stay longer. Um, and so that's a good reason for having a long stopover. But I've been seeking on social media quite a lot of responses on the ideal transit time. Mick, yours, short or long? Well, short is short is clearly good, but there is the worry that the flight you're on is going to be delayed, um, which happens quite often, and then there will be a nightmare involving not catching uh, the connecting flight, or you catching it and your baggage not, or your baggage <laughs> catching it and you not. Uh, so I suppose, um, well, I, I mean, I suppose something like three hours would be two two to three hours I think and, and actually some airports is so complicated it takes at least an hour to even find your way from one side to another uh, Atlanta I think being a case in point well I've just been to Atlanta actually compared with London Heathrow which has four terminals spread over a vast area Paris Charles de Gaulle oh, that's and worst of all Madrid Madrid yes yes oh, Madrid what? Terminal 5 is uh, it ter Terminal 4 terminal is so four. far from Terminals 1, 2 and 3 yeah. that the metro actually stops in a town along the way <laughs> uh, town of Barajas very Barajas, nice place actually yes. yeah, yeah. and a really yeah. good place if you have got a long layover for um, actually getting metro one stop to Barajas go to the restaurant Humbo as in Jumbo Jet and uh, you can um, dine extremely well there but I was at Atlanta just a, a, a few weeks ago and it was absolutely fine um, it's all kind of one terminal but with lots of different um, uh, blocks and so yeah. therefore from one end to the other which I did do takes about half an hour and the minimum connecting time is 35 minutes so that's quite exciting but of course if you're going from international to domestic in the US that or indeed international to international there's a very special case there because you have to in all circumstances go through customs and border protection that might take five minutes it might take two hours I might say and if it's in Miami Florida it might take half a day Yes, and lots of people have been saying, here we are, Gillian had a changeover time of five hours in Chicago, thought it was too long, ended up needing every minute of it to get through passport control. And that, yeah, anything, here's Paul, anything around an hour is stressful, particularly if you have to go through passport control, as in the US, but also um, the European Union as well. Now, since Brexit, of course, we have to be uh, admitted to these places. So he is on your side. Um, <laughs> anything less than two hours is surely going to cause stress and anxiety. Yet there's also a really good case for creating deliberately long layovers. Um, for example, I was going to Dubai on Air France and actually offered, when I was booking online, um, up to 18 hours in Paris. And of course, you just uh, leave the airport, go into town, have a lovely time. And talking of Dubai, well, that, along with Doha, um, is very well worth a day out from the airport between flights. Is Stephen. I opted it for a nine-hour layover in Dubai. It allowed me to walk along the beach near Burj Al Arab, visit the top of the Burj Khalifa, world's highest building, and have a spot of lunch. Perfect. UAE, done and dusted. <laughs> I'm not sure that uh, we can quite say that, but uh, um, a, a good, good story anyway. 
Well, um, here's my favourite tweet, ha-ha, from Taiwan Birdie, oh. um, who says... See what you did there. Yeah, yeah thank you. Um, An hour spent around the back of Taipei Airport will get you 20 to 30 farmland species, um, talking birds here, obviously, and three to five hours allows for a jaunt to mountain forest and a handful of nice endemics. That sounds fun and... I went for a walk all the way around Barcelona Airport. It's an extraordinarily noisy Eurostar, which seems to be emitting a lot of smoke, which is <laughs> slightly worrying. Is, it, is there a new steam version? Have a look behind you. Oh, ah, that, that is a bit worrying. Um, my goodness. Uh, well, I think things have calmed down. We've got a line of, what, four Eurostars all nicely yeah. lined up. Maybe that was... Um, uh, the brakes overheating as it came in uh, to to uh, to stay. So yes, Barcelona Airport. I have walked all the way around um, between actually this is between the a ship and the uh, flight, and a really interesting adventure through some uh, wetlands. Plenty of bird spotting there if you want to, and a nudist beach, um, which um, <laughs> well, I, I, not, not, not really my. Um, my, my um, cup of sangria and then some quite tedious suburbs but presumably you would have been advised to um, put your binoculars away at, at, at that <laughs> point yes, exactly so so still well worth doing Singapore is another great one um, Kate actually says that she books her trip from uh, the UK to Singapore to Australia so that she actually gets in in time for bed in Singapore and she has a nice sleep um, there and then gets on the flight the next day. I do exactly the opposite, in fact, which is I always get an overnight flight, get in first thing in the morning, spend the day in the wonderful city-state and then get another flight onto uh, Australia um, and obviously arrive there absolutely shattered, unlike um, uh, Kate, who arrives fresh and fragrant. I can't handle one super long flight after another, despite all my travel years. I need to get flat and sleep properly, get some fresh air. So may as well stay and see the city. Someone who did that with aplomb closer to home and uh, left us a voice note about it was Catherine Oldham in Copenhagen. During a four-hour airport layover in Copenhagen when travelling between the UK and Tromso, I hopped on the metro directly to Kongens Nytorv and arrived in the historic centre of the city in less than 15 minutes. The vibrant shops and restaurants lining that famous harbour, Nuhavn, are immediately visible when you emerge from the metro station into the crisp Danish air. I was travelling on a spring weekend and had the added bonus of an antique market at the head of the harbour. Just two wonderful hours and back at the airport with 90 minutes to go until my next flight. Thank you for that voice note, Catherine. Always delighted to hear yours. Just go to anchor.fm forward slash you should have been there. Other great locations, which I really do relish in terms of the uh, uh, stopover opportunities, are Dublin, where actually going into Dublin itself is um, quite a tedious journey, but you can get a bus to the resort of Malahide, which is a lovely kind of Victorian seaside resort. And if you're doing the smart thing for going to the US, which is going via Dublin because you pre-clear US customs and immigration there, um, it's really good. I get the uh, 6.30 flight out of um, Luton to get to Dublin by 7.30. 
you then can go off to the seaside and if you've got an afternoon flight you go back to Dublin Airport go through US passport control and then um, on you go on your journey other ones well I mentioned Madrid um, in almost all respects a terrible airport apart from the proximity um, of uh, Barajas and it's an excellent restaurant Reykjavik well this is Keflavik International Airport quite a long way from Reykjavik the Icelandic capital itself but very close to the Blue Lagoon about 20 minutes on the direct bus and of course Amsterdam Schiphol they've got a rail station in the middle of the airport but don't go into Amsterdam go to Leiden instead 15 minutes away and it's a kind of miniature version of Amsterdam really lovely canals relaxed um, celebrates Rembrandt and all sorts of uh, joys there well I think um as we are constantly uh, reminded by the sounds around us, we are at London St Pancras, so maybe we should talk about train connections. Much easier because there's not usually any security or um, passport implications. Have you got any favourites? Well, London St Pancras itself is um, a pretty good one. Of course, this is the station where you can arrive from Sheffield and decide that you're going to um, Kent, or you can turn up from... Uh, Brussels and uh, connect through to Cambridge. It's a, a great place in terms of connections and of course very close to, for example, the British Library, which always seems to have a good uh, exhibition on. But uh, in the Scottish capital, Edinburgh Waverley, oh, it's just lovely, so much. It's right in the heart of the city. You're a few steps from the Royal Mile. You can go and see the National Gallery of Scotland really easily between trains. Um, Cologne, again, right in the middle of, of, of the city, very close to the Dom, the cathedral there. I love Chicago Union. Um, most American stations are pretty awful, but that one is great. And the worst one, Stuttgart, uh, a great city in um, southwestern Germany, but the station has been a building site for at least a decade, and I warn you against um, travelling there until uh, you have a um, uh, until they finish the thing. At which point it will be a joy, no doubt. Mick, have you got any favourites? Um, time spent between trains? Mm, not particularly, although I do have a concern, which is about my um, forthcoming trip. Um, and the station of Leon. There is a main railway station which the Renfe trains go to. And then there is, or there should have been, a Feve station not that far from it. That's the narrow gauge train which I've uh, uh, got to catch. But that has been closed for some years for building works. And it appears that the um, um, extremely rare um, narrow gauge train so rare that um, I think Mark Smith the man in seat 61 didn't even know about um, it goes from um, Leon to Bilbao through the Cantabrian mountains once a day takes about 10 hours um, and Steph and I who will be meeting up again in Leon are hoping to catch this um, train uh, and then stop off in the middle of the journey and then catch the next one two days later uh, However, um, the, tr the station where it goes from seems to be um, a tiny halt um, called Asuncion Universidad or Universidad Asuncion um, on the outskirts of Leon, which you can get to by one bus, possibly, 
uh, and I cannot get any information about the um, about this place at all. I've, I've actually emailed Leon um, Tourist Office, who have um, refused to get back to me when I said, "Can I get hold of tickets anywhere other than at the station?" Because there doesn't seem to be any uh, provision for that, from what I've seen. Anyway, there we go. Um, those are my problems. <laughs> well, it reminds me very much of uh, the excellent book by Charles Nichol, "The Fruit Palace," set in Colombia where he observes at one stage uh, that on trains in Colombia um, there are no timetables, only rumours. Well, <laughs> we'd welcome your rumours and recommendations for deliberate stopovers by rail or air. You can tweet us at you should have BT or leave us a message, anchor.fm forward slash you should have been there. But for now, from me, Simon Calder. And me, Mick Webb. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>